Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy to use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex, simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k, and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, the real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over here and start using it now. So let's not even talk about student debt for a second. Right. Let's talk right. about how much it costs to go to school, right? Like, right. Right. Because that's a, that's an issue in itself that needs to be rectified, right? Because period. generations are still going to school. Like, you know, they're I'm graduating 
classes year after year who still are aspiring to take on this amount of money for an education that should be free. And to be honest, some of it is, some of it, it, <laughs> that it doesn't equate to the cost. Like the value of the experience is not adding up to the cost, but to your point. There, that's a whole, that's a whole. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole right. nother interview, Greg. So, right. so when, so, but that's absolutely on point, right? Like us thinking about whose fault this is and how we got here. The blame has always been put on borrowers. Right. Our country is built on debt. Everybody's yes. going to be in debt. Everybody's got to be in debt. They got to owe somebody else who owes money. And this narrative that it's the borrower's fault, that it's the person's fault for wanting to pursue a higher education, that is a, it is a political argument because, you know, parties and politics are a part of who divides that discussion. But it's right. really a question about our value or an education just to begin with. We have Absolutely. To, so if you don't value education, then of course you're going to blame people who go, right? Right. If you right. value education and you think education should be a right, then you're going to figure out all of the ways in which this government, when they create their policies, when they pass their policies and legislation, make education accessible for everybody. So to your point and, and to this discussion, I, I have, I, I try to avoid arguments. I like, the, <laughs> I like to work with the coalition of the willing, right? Like everybody got an issue they want to fight for. That's nice. I'm, I'm going to borrow that, the coalition of the willing. Amen. I, listen, everybody got a problem, okay? Everybody got a problem with something. And, I, and <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this work for 12 years. And so there's some times where I will engage in conversations to convince people, but then there were yeah. some folks who were just built to understand that you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that it's the borrower's fault, that education is only uh, uh, shouldn't only be accessible to people who can afford it or who deserve to go. And I just don't subscribe to those notions. There's everybody deserves to go to school. I don't give right. a, excuse me. I don't care about the cuss. I don't care if you just do two years and change your mind. Right. Go right. to school. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, some yeah. people are like, oh no, you wasted money. No, 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 no. I don't think the education will ever be a waste. So just go. Yeah. And when we talk about cancellation, it is the reframing of our mind and conversations around whose fault it actually is. The government has increased our tuition 130%. And if you look at most schools across the country that are public institutions that get federal funding, that money is not going back to the students. No, That money is going to hire executive principals and executive officers and to pay for new buildings and to buy new cars and to do all these things. It's not going to the workers. It's not going to the students. UCLA right now is trying to expand its campus so they can mm -hmm. recruit students to get more income. But students are living in the lounges in the dormitories. <sighs> It's just, Why it's just crazy. It's, and they're not owing the constitution. I teach at UC Santa Cruz and my students um, during the pandemic paid the full cost of tuition, paid for housing and food and didn't get the services because they were at home and did not get a refund. What they did get was free COVID masks and a box of COVID tests. Lord. I mean, it, it, you talk about injustice. I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's insane to know um, the way, it, it's insane to know, to understand the system and how it's been working. And it's not only just an just institution of education, but you kind of see these same themes in all the other institutions, right? And, but it, it hits closer to home when it's education because it is the it is the access to information that we need to make progress in our community. And so what... What communities like our community um, has has done is be able to tap into the 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 masses of people who actually just want to have an experience with information, right? Engage with information, learn, cultivate community around information. Um, and what schools have gotten away from, to be honest with you, is is actually building um, building community and building cultivating kind of learners you know, uh, this learning experience um, because of the concerns that just that are kind of an ancillary around the issue of education. Like, so if, if, if I've got to weigh the, the, the cost of education and against the, the quality or the need for education, 
Yeah, come on, we all we all know the choice that 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 that, that we're putting up against, um, and then it's not an, it's a no win battle. Like, who wants to take on a hundred thousand dollars of debt to go through four years of school? And so, for young people who are still developing and still growing and looking to have experiences, it's 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 almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and what I what, what concerns me um, is that too many people have become conditioned to accept that it has to be this way. And so, I hear the fire. Um, in, 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 you know, from, from you, but I hear the fire from, you know, other people as well in, in our community, but I don't know that that's, I don't know that the, the young people, the younger generation, that it's, that they're retaining the information because I think it's also ingrained into the, their parents. I, I think there's a, I think, I think the work that we're calling, I think the work that we're called to do is to create new narratives, right? And new paradigms and then, and to make that intergenerational. And so what I hear you saying is, is this intergenerational kind of work that needs to not only land on the the doorsteps of, of of institutions, but also households in our community. Um, and so, can you can you talk about some of your experience in kind of the community work? How do we galvanize community around these new narratives when it comes to education? Because what I tell my students when they make an educational decision that they're actually making a business, and I, I kind of frame it in the lens of it being transactional. That if I'm going to spend this, whatever, if I'm going to spend this number, then I need to know the value of what my degree is or the area I study. And so. I tell my students, I'm not sending you to college so that you can go have this exploratory kind of magical experience. No, we're going to do that here now while it's free. When you go, you're going to go with a plan and a purpose so that you can then build. And I don't, I know that, I know that, listen, I, I know that in, that's a rarity in education because I think a lot of people just pump this notion that go to school, go to school, go to school, and then you'll figure it out. And, and that's been a detriment to my community. So in terms of community outreach and preparing and, and kind of, um, I guess I want to say equipping our, our parents, our community leaders with new narratives. What is what has that been like to be in the fields and, and, and spreading that inf this information about the student, the student loan crisis? It's what you said. It's intergenerational. So I'll talk about that. But it's also sure. seasonal. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah you're right. So what I mean by that is that the current borrowers who this recent announcement impacts are anybody who got their loans dispersed after June 30th of this year. Mm. So anybody after that does not qualify for any of this program stuff that Joe Biden's talking about, which I hope we get a chance to dissect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's coming next. So we got to get there. <laughs> okay, that, okay. We need, so I got to hurry up with this so we can talk about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Please so, bring us there. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so there's, there's that. And so there are people who are currently seniors in high school who need to make the choice that am I going to go to college or am I not going to, going to college and how much will it cost and how much will my family have to take out and will I have student loans and does this cancellation stuff impact me? Then there are current students on campus who are not paying back their loans right now, don't need to for the next two, three, four years until they graduate. And then there are people who are like me who have been graduated, who are borrowers, who have taken out loans, who get the, so there's generations, right? Yeah, sure, sure. But then it's seasonal. It's seasonal in the sense that we have an internal deadline. Uh, we're waiting for an application. If you were applying for the current forgiveness program, the public student loan forgiveness program, there were some amendments that were made that made it easier. And you have until October 31st, the next 27 days to apply for public student loan forgiveness. The application is still open, but they made some, they made some changes to the waiver that are real technical. So people can apply now. Um, the announcement that Joe Biden uh, announced, that application closes December, 2023. So people mm -hmm. have now until the next year, I mean, repayments start on the January 1st. So <laughs> fill it out ASAP. I don't even yeah, know why yeah, they did yeah, that. Get to it, get to it. Get to it, get to it and do it now. But there is still December, uh, 2023 for that. So there's the internal di di uh, timeline season 
of when we have to apply for this current cancellation. But then there's the season of the movement of education, right? Education justice, as, I, as some people like to call it. And well, like I said, in 2007, when I first learned about student loan debt cancellation, or I started talking about free education, what nobody in Congress talking about free cancellation. Mm. Nobody, nobody, not one. We didn't have a bill. We didn't have legislation. What we did have was, well, let's just increase the Pell Grant. <laughs> let's let's try to do tuition freezes. And like those were not happening across the country. And um, the Pell Grant wasn't increased. They're like, well, let's change the FAFSA so it's in multiple languages, which is like in three languages now, right? They, they right. Was, it, was, it was to your point and to some of the uh, our critics, which I am definitely a critic of all the things that have happened in Congress right now um, around, well, these are just incremental changes, right? Like, oh, they changed the FAFSA so it's in more languages. Oh, they increased the Pell Grant. Those, right. are, small, those are small gains and small wins. But I'm looking back as an organizer over the last decade and saying the movement of student organizers then and now have been able to advance a national narrative over the last two and a half years that says not only is student loan debt a problem, but we're going to push it to make it a national priority. Mm. I don't I don't care which debate you look back at in 2018, let's get to 2018. All the candidates had to take a stand. That was one of the questions that right. the interviewees were saying, okay, Warren, where are you on debt cancel? Okay, uh, Biden. Okay, Bernie. Okay, uh, Cory Bush. Right. Okay, you know, yeah. Amy Klobuchar. Okay, yeah. what y'all say about student loan debt cancellation? We did that. We right. did that. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 